Hi, everybody. <laughs> oh, you're here. Yeah, we were having some boomer moments for a minute. I was having some boomer moments. That's how I use paper. Yeah. It's probably a good idea. Thanks. So we are back with another part of our 100, um, beyond the 100, outside the 100, however we're calling this. Um, and tonight we're in the 150s into the 140s. We'll see how far we go. Uh, this past week was crazy, so we apologize that we missed out on the podcast. But next week, this week, this is a new week. We're back into it. Yeah, Sunday starts a new week. Yep. Sunday starts a new week. How that works. It's my last week before break, and I'm I'm in research paper grading Hades. <laughs> but I have uh, let's see, sixteen down, uh, forty six to go. Can't wait. I love it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so uh, let's get started tonight. We're starting at number one fifty eight. I assume we did 159 last time. We did, yes. I verified. Okay, great. Well, then why does your number have 157? Uh, <laughs> yes, we're doing 157. <laughs> I think you did. Yeah. Did I talk about this, though? I don't remember talking about my 158. Oh my gosh. I don't know. We're just going to start with... Uh, We're pretty I know, okay. I know I talked about Order of the Guild. I know you did too. I don't know that I talked about on tour. I don't Just do it and then I'll start at 157. Okay, okay so... I'm going to do 158 and then we'll keep going. If I didn't talk about it last time, I want to talk about 150. No, I did talk about it. But the only reason I was going to talk about it again, I think in the meantime, we have gotten the... Kickstarter uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. expansion, which has like Paris and London, no, New York, New York, Paris and New York. Um, and those maps are actually designed by Al, Al, Albion, Alban, Alban, Viard, Viard. I mixed the two names together. Yeah. Who did a clinic? See, I remember some stuff, right? Good so job. they, they look really challenging. I'm super excited to dive into those. Um, so that's just kind of like a tag on a little extra. Um, for my 158 from last time. So my 157 is not on tour. My 157 is another, like, it's kind of a meta game. And it's Shelfie Stacker. So Shelfie Stacker is a game about um, organizing your game shelves, which when I saw the Kickstarter, we actually backed this on Kickstarter, I think. Uh, we did not. Oh, crap. But I did cover it on Kickstarter News, and I was like, that sounds so cool. Because we... As gamers, we talk about our shelves, um, we discuss ways to organize them, what's on the shelf, what comes off the shelf, what's on the shelf of shame, and this game is all about that. Um, so you've got these dice that represent different numbers of games in groups. And so you are, it's right behind you, yeah. Oh yeah, right Yeah. there. Right there, I don't know if it's in the screen. Or yeah, as you can see it. Oh, I see it. Um, it's, and you are drafting them, but you're drafting them through using these cards, which are like different types of like gamers, and they each have these like s these special powers that you can activate when you play them or any other time after you play them. 
Um, but the really good powers obviously have lower numbers, so you go lower in the draft. But having those powers out early is really awesome because then you can use them. Uh, there's just a lot of really cool stuff this, about this game, not to mention the artwork is really cute, um, really fun, very tongue-in-cheek kind of game, like making fun of gamers. I would like to play this more than we have because I just think it just is so fun. So my number 157, Shelfie Stacker. I don't know where that is online. Uh, yeah, probably down low. Why? I don't you know. did not like it no, for some it's reason. It's fine. I just would rather play role player or something like that, I guess. Yeah. It's fine. I think role player is higher on my list too, yeah, but I don't know. It's it, it's a fun it's a fun game with a cool theme. The theme is awesome. Yes. Um so my number one fifty seven, I'm surprised it's actually not higher, honestly. Um oh. it's just not. And it's from Buffalo. 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 He's choked up. He loves this and game so much. And it is from designer Phil Walker Harding. That's our boy right there. And it is Planted, a game of nature and nurture. Also known as Planted. Who's going to say that subtitle? I didn't know it had a subtitle. Uh, apparently. That's what BGG <laughs> says. <laughs> um, so this is, um, it's just a drafting game. Where the, what that means is you're going to have some cards in your hand. You're going to pick one. Then you're going to pass them either to your left or to your right. Everybody else is going to pick cards. And when you pick your card, you're going to play it, and you're trying to either um, get water, sunlight, green thumbs, plant, uh, food tokens, or you're going to use that card to acquire a new plant. And all you're trying to do is grow these plant types. The plants need different types of icons. Some may need water. Some may need sun. Some may need just plant food. It's just random. Like, they all, you know... It's not random. It's thematic. Well, whatever. I mean, not all of them need to have water and sun and all that kind of thing because there's different kinds of plants and all that kind of stuff. But you're collecting tokens, spinning those tokens, growing plants, score points. That's what you're doing. And you're playing it over three rounds, I think. You're going to the left, to the right, to the left. And uh, whoever has most points after all that is the winner. It's a pretty simple game. If you played Seven Wonders, it feels kind of similar to that or Sushi Go or something. But this is a better game than both of those, in my opinion. So my number 157, Planted, A Game of Nature Nook. I don't think it's better than Sushi Go. I disagree. Uh, I might get better. The components are really good, though. This is like a big box store game, um, and the components are excellent. I mean... That's true. Great components. And we got it for 20 bucks. It's a little bit more expensive now because I think they realized, hey, people are liking this game. We need to jack the price up. I but, thought I saw it on sale, though, for 20 now. Maybe. During this maybe. like Christmas season... But if you can find it for $20, just for the pieces alone, it's, it's worth good. 20 bucks. It's good. Um, my number 156 is a cooperative game, which I don't always love. And this one is kind of brutal, but it is winnable. And the theme is awesome. And it's got this total gimmick of this cubish, kind of like a cube tower. Sort of. Yeah, it's different. It's different. Yeah. It's the spill. So in the spill, you are... Um, different types of worker I don't, I don't want to say you're not like marine biologists because some people are yeah. but other people are like engineers working environmentalists on different types but some of them are like you know, it's red fuzzy underneath they look like Santa Claus like thank you <laughs> <laughs> I was cuddling with Mrs. Claus <laughs> expose <laughs> anyway um yeah, they're different. Some people work on the actual oil rig because the spill is about an oil spill that you're trying to contain. 
trying <laughs> being the you're operative trying. word yeah, you're trying. Um, you there are sea life in these different zones so you're moving your boat around um, trying to help contain it trying to um, contain the oil trying to help save animals from getting covered in oil or saving the ones that are covered in oil uh, there are different we've played this on easy we tried it on medium and it was whoa it's like we lost so fast it was so hard um but it is really fun i think the theme is what i really love about this because i, I like the idea of you know being out there and like cleaning up an oil spill and rescuing these animals and so sometimes i get a little too attached i'm very sad you better watch what you say because grandma's watching i know my grandma's watching <laughs> i don't ever say anything bad it's a big uh, joke i would never say anything bad like when a turtle gets, you flip the tokens over if the oil goes to them. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this turtle is covered in oil. And it's so upsetting. Um, but I always want to rescue the turtles first because they're my favorite. The birds I don't care as much about, which is probably terrible. The turtles are cute. I like the, the dolphins too. Yeah. And the seahorses. Uh, the seahorses. Fend for yourself, Flipper. Yeah. Um, didn't we play this with our family? Um, last time we played it, I think... Was that Nerdapalooza? Yeah, I don't know why. I, I don't think we played play it with the family. I don't think so. Um, they probably like it, though. That's but, a good idea. Like, yeah, since it's a cooperative game, it, for me, this is a really accessible game for people that don't play games all the time. And it's you want to work together. Everyone's got their own like specialty action that they're like best at. And so that I feel like it keeps it from being like a quarterbacking situation. Um, and I think it's a theme that it's like, oh yeah, I want to save the animals. Like, I want to get the Dawn dish soap out for the, you know the ducks or whatever. I just want to throw the, the dice down in that little cube gimmick. Yeah, it is like cool because you put the dice down on at the beginning of your turn. These oil dice go into this rig, and they're gonna fall out in different zones, and that shows you where the oil is spilling, which I think is really cool. Just thematically works really well. Um, yeah, it's just it's just a really fun game. So that's why it's my one fifty six. The spill. It's a good one. And that's like a new hotness. It is. Yeah, we have a new hotness, people. I mean, I don't know how hot it is now, but I, it, I it was hot for a couple of minutes <laughs> before we owned it. It was hot. Yeah, my number one fifty six is a game we've had for a long time. Probably Ooh. one of the earlier ones. Yeah. Bruno Catala and I think Ludovic Montblanc. Ludovic Montblanc. I knew a designer. Good job, because it's French. You like French. I do. And this game is called Dice Town. Uh, poker. Poker Yahtzee. That's mm -hmm. basically what it is. You have this cool little cup shaking some dice that are poker dice, like nine through ace. I think. Yeah, nine through ace. And then you're mm -hmm. slamming your cup down, and you're trying to get different types of hands. You don't have to slam it down, but, but it's everybody fun. does. It's, it's just like, fun. Bam. So the most nines, whoever has the most nines gets gold nuggets. Whoever has the most tens, I think they get to go to the general store and get some cards. Jacks. Um, I'm not sure what everything does, but each different number has a different space on the board that's going to win you some things. Best poker hand in general is going to get you these point cards, which is mm -hmm. what you're trying to do. You're trying to get a bunch of points. It's like property. And it's just a fun game. It's easy to teach because everybody understands Yahtzee. Most people have played Yahtzee. Most people understand poker. And even if they don't, you don't even have to explain all the cards from poker. You just have to play nine through ace. So there you go. It's great. I love it. Great art. And it's just fun. 
So 156 dice down. It'd probably be higher. I, if we had the expansion, maybe I'd like it more because it gives it a little bit more. I thought we had an expansion. We don't. We only had the base game. We played the expansion with Joel. Oh, Doc Bad Luck. Doc Bad Luck's in there, but then oh. every space gives you like three options of stuff you can take. Oh. Yeah. Is it like hard to find expansion or we well, just haven't? Well, we have the old version and the expansion. I don't know how accessible or like if the new ones can go with the old version. Mm-hmm. So that I don't know. You think the art's good on this? Yeah, Piero's a great artist. I think it's not good. Oh, I, I like that guy's art. But yeah, my 156 dice down. <laughs> Take or leave the art, whatever you want to do. <laughs> my 155, I feel like we just discussed this not too long ago. But maybe it wasn't on the list. Uh, I don't know. This was briefly New Hotness. And um, honestly, it was being sold at Gen Con last year. Um, not for an unbelievable amount uh, for of money. an unreasonable amount of money for what the game is so we managed to find it on like a really good sale and bought it and that game is furnace so furnace is like is bidding and then engine building that's all it is it has some really cool things about it where um, you're bidding like the lower amounts of bids everyone has are bigger chips so they go on the bottom of the stack so you can easily see who is winning the bid, which is really important in this game because sometimes you want to win the bid because you want the card to come into your engine, or other times you don't want to win the bid because you actually just want the resources that the card can provide. Um, and I like that for me, especially in a lot of bidding and like area control type games, I'm terrible at them. I lose out every time. Everything I want to bid on, everything I, every area I want to control, it never happens. So the nice thing about this game is that I'm actually able to get something for just showing up. Uh, oh, yeah. I already talked about it. Maybe that's why. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we talked about it last time. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I swear we talked about it. Um, yes. Mike, you should. It's good. Yes. It's not the greatest game in the world, but it is good. It's good. Yeah, it's not like worth, what, 50 or $60 or something they were charging You paid 35 bucks for it, and that's, but that's fine. That's definitely worth it. Um, and then you get this, you can, by the end, you have this crazy amount of cards. Some of them you can't even run, and then you choose how to run your engine uh, because you're, like, converting all different kinds of resources to other things eventually to convert to points. In some ways, it is a different theme of, like... Uh, Fantastic Factories. Fantastic Factories, I think. Sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't like Fantastic Factories for some reason. I, I like it more I play it, but I didn't at first. This... Um, no, it's not better than Nid of Valir, I don't think, no, at all. No. no. Nid of no. Valir is cleaner and just more fun. Yes. It's It might be faster than Nid of Valir, but I do like Nid It Nid is faster. So that's the nice thing about it. It's fast, and I think it might... I think it goes over well with, I think it would, go over with newer people trying to get into deeper games because it really, um, I think, does the auction part well. And then it allows you to really kind of structure how you want to run an engine. So you start thinking about how engine building really works. Since I really like engine building and um, other types of games, I probably would, I wouldn't choose it. Like, that's why it's way down here at 155 which really isn't way down because I have so many good games, but it's it's good. It's good. Um, it is not my favorite engine builder. I'll say that. So 155 is Furnace. Yeah, and I talked about Nidavalier on the podcast, so it's in my top 100. It 
I'm sure it's in my top. Oh, here comes the cat. Dang, our cat's entering. Nobody wants you. Yeah, I'm going to boot her out real fast. She's, she's gone already. Right. Yeah, she didn't care. So my number 155 is a game from Martin Wallace. Um, our friend go. Chris brought this over because it actually is pretty. This it, is a pretty Martin That's Wallace true. Game. It is pretty. And it has a weird name, a weird theme, but it's effectively brass. The name doesn't go with the theme. <laughs> no, it's not brass. And the this game is, is called Via Nebula. And this is a game about building networks, <laughs> collecting resources, and building things in your network. <laughs> True Martin Wallace fashion. But it's the interesting thing is when you're playing it like multiple players, multiple people can build on the same tile. So you're able to build buildings, you can share a tile, but everybody's also sharing the resources on the map. If you can make a network to the resources, you can take those resources. We've only played it once, and I did a video. I can't remember it because Katie is like Martin Wallace, so we never play it. But I can't remember because I keep confusing it with like Cloud City. It's not the same. I don't know why. Uh, but this is a good game. If you like Martin Wallace games, this is going to feel like a Martin Wallace game, but it's going to look great. Here, it's, it's from Space Cowboys, I think. Yes, it is Space Cowboys. So they are always their games always look good. But like it looks fantastic. That doesn't look like a Martin Wallace game at all. It's no, it's fantastic. It's got really a really cool board art. It's got cool oh, like yeah, pygmy bulls and now. all that kind of stuff. It's fantastic. Uh, you're trying to just build networks to build your types of buildings to score points. There's some in-game goals you're trying to get by turning in resources and all that yeah. stuff. It's fantastic. It's a little, it's it's a lighter Martin Wallace game, but it it has some, it has shares some mechanisms with like a brass or um, what's the other one? Um, uh, there's another one down there that I can't remember, but it has trains. <laughs> they like he loves trains. It's effectively trains. Um, oh, you're building networks yeah. and collecting resources. I like it. So my number 155 via Nebula. Um, I need to move my microphone because I keep bumping it with my face. But it's not, we don't play it, not because I dislike Murray Wallace, which I do, except for one game, maybe two. Um, it's because I didn't know we owned this. Yeah, Kristen liked it. For quite some our, time. And then he gave it to us. Yeah, I didn't I mean, basically, if it's in our collection, he can play it anytime he wants, so it doesn't really Yeah, matter. I didn't realize that. So that that is why we haven't played it. I would play it. It's a good game. And I keep... Okay, the reason why I think it, I keep thinking of Cloud City, because there's these clouds. It's Are like... Are you talking about Cloud Age? The Fister game? With, like, the, the Zeppelins and yes, stuff? Yes, Cloud Age. Cloud whatever. Age, yeah. I don't know. Completely different games. I see that, but it's there's like cloudy bits. Yeah. So I'm thinking like, oh, you're peering down. Also, Vi Nebula. It's a stupid it, name. I don't know. It makes you think it's a space game. Do, does Katie like space games? No. Katie likes to turn the box sideways, though. Oh, well, it's because the back is... I know. Chris would be appalled. The back. <laughs> anyway. So 156 or 155 Via Nebula. Oh, good, an, good Martin Wallace game. Anno 18 was... 1800 was the other one, right? Uh, that you're thinking about just now? Yes, probably. That's more like a tech tree, but it also doesn't look hideous like some of his games. <laughs> okay. My 154 is another cooperative game. Do I have many cooperative games? Okay, this is the cooperative game list. I had a theme segment. on my last Apparently, one. that's fine. the theme this time. Um, and I like this one a little bit better than The Spill because there's a lot of stuff happening in this game. And that's called Atlantis Rising. This is a better game than The Spill. Thank you. Oh, I'm so glad I have your approval for my list. I'm not giving you my approval. I'm just telling you, I agree with you. Yes, this is another game. So, Atlantis Rising, you are peoples within the city of Atlantis, which is thinking. Which, 
according to legend, we know that. You don't have it on your list? Well, it's, we don't own it, so it's not on Oh, your right, list. right. I, th I talked about it on one of the videos that For I did. some reason, I thought we owned it. See? I don't know the games we have. That's probably an indication that we have, I have a problem with how many games we have, but I thought we owned this one, and I didn't know we owned Bio Nebula, so. Chris owned both, but gave us <laughs> Bio Nebula. So, Atlantis Rising, you, um, Atlantis is sinking. It's worker placement. And then, you're right, yeah? Yeah, there's some dice rolling. So you're, yes. Well, it, in that way, it's almost like Stone Age for getting resources, your resources because yeah. um, you're rolling for them. But you're gathering resources and kind of working collectively to repair this portal so you can get the heck out of there before Lena sinks. Um, and, like, you, I don't know if you're different because you have a leader that has a special. Yeah, yeah you're like, like, I think, I'm not sure if you're, well, you're Atlanteans, but I don't know if you're different. Like, like try, or, or yeah, maybe different know. classes. Like, some people are like the seven. Oh, uh, like maybe. I think we only played it is. one time, so yeah. But it was really good. Like, it was really good, and I thought we owned it um, and would like to play it. Oh, hey, Caleb. I don't know who that is. Yes, you do. We met him at, we met him at Jamie's 4th of July party. Oh, uh, got it. We talked about games. I remember. Yep. Okay. Hi. Um, so Atlantis Rising, sometimes co-ops are, I don't want to say really simplistic, but in some ways they are because you're spreading out the work by different people. We're all basically doing the same thing. I feel like um, Atlantis Rising has so much depth to it because you've got your power that you can use and they're all very interesting and different. And like sometimes the roles don't go your way and also you're kind of if you go like there's pathways into the the heart of Atlantis and the water is kind of covering covers up those pathways as you go on and that's kind of part of the timing mechanism that those outward pieces that you can put workers on are actually going to give you like the better chance to definitely get the resources that you want but you also could get washed yeah. underwater. Push your luck, it's pretty cool. So there is that push your luck element too, which is another kind of cool thing. And then you're also trying to repair these different parts, this portal. Um, so you have to have somebody to go there and they have to have the stuff. And uh, there's a lot going on in this, but that's like, I think it feels really satisfying then when you win because it's like, oh yeah, we got all these moving parts together. And you also have, I feel like have a very satisfying turn because there's these different workers that you can place in different places and you've got the push your luck and you've got the dice rolls. Um, so it's not like I've got four action points. I'm going to move this here. I'm going to take this thing and that like, yeah, it doesn't feel like a standard cooperative. Yes. That's true. Yeah. And that's why I think it's part of really its charm and it is very nice looking too. Well, the, the one we played was the new one from Elf. Oh, Creek. the second edition. So the honey buzz company. Yeah, Merchants of the Dark Road. Road. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which they do great um, art and stuff. So it, I really like it. I do kind of wish we'd own it. It's expensive. I was going to get it at like Jenga Origins or something, but it was pretty pricey. Okay, well, I'll have to start looking for it. Um, but that's my 154 Atlantis Rising. It's a good one. It was in my top 200 on the videos that I did. Let me see if I can find it. So my number 154, we've already talked about Albin Viard. This oh. is another... Well, an actual album VR game, not an expansion to a previous game. And this is Clinic Deluxe Edition. Mm -hmm. uh, I played this a couple times solo. I played it with Katie once. This is a beast of a game. This is a game about running your own hospital and treating patients, hiring nurses, orderlies, doctors, 
um, making sure you have the proper treatment rooms to get these people treated, to get them cured. If they can't be cured in time, they will die. If you can cure them, you get money because they're paying bills because, you know, doc, hospital. The tricky part is uh, the hospital can be built multi, like, floor. That stuff has to be connected. And you have to make sure you can manage everybody's cars. So there's parking lots for the doctors, the nurses, the orderlies. So not only are you worried about what's going on inside, you're worried about what's going on outside. <laughs> Uh, it's it's a beast. It's super hard to teach. It's really hard to play. It melts your brain. Not something I want to play all the time, but it, the theme is amazing. It's a really cool, cool theme. Um, it's pretty thinky. It's got a lot of putting stuff here and 3D like adjacency. It's pretty tricky, but it's very fun. I don't know if fun's the right word. It's it's enjoyable. It's satisfying when yeah, you can make satisfying. it work. Uh, so this it's a great game. We have the expansion too. Thanks, Tim. Um, but why? Probably not going to dive into that. <laughs> maybe so, ever. Maybe sometime. I, I want to try it once. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's a great game. Someday we'll play it again. Yeah, so number one fifty four, Clinic Deluxe Edition. Yeah, I don't know where that is on my list. Um, it is. It's hard because it's not only like you also have to get the patients in and then move them to the places that they need to be. And like, it takes time. Every all the time you spend, you lose points. So you're trying to be as efficient as possible, make your grid layout as, you know, everything as close as you can, but you can't do that all the time. It's, it's, right. it's a beast. And like getting patients to the types of place they need because different patients maybe are more severe. So you have to have like special, they have to go to like OR and you have to have a surgeon for that. And um, there You are, do need to play this, Tim. It's you fantastic. should, Tim. There's also like a billion expansions. Yeah, we have like just the first one. Like eight or something? Yeah, there's like but, a, at least four or five and a campaign book. Like you can, I think the campaign would be cool because that would be the only way that I could figure out how to get through all the different expansions. Because it is, yeah, it is just the base game is very difficult. But again, like because the theme is so tied there, it just makes sense what you're doing. Well, except for the like uh, the escalator teleport things, <laughs> those don't make a ton of sense. But I understand why they're in there. It's like they make sense because it's an. an like uh, one of those things at the airport that you like travel on. It's kind of what it's supposed to s simulate. But basically, it can take you from like here to here. It's like an elevator that can move wherever it wants. It's like a Wonkavator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but if you didn't have that, gosh, you would, the game you would, would lose be, like a hundred points. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but it's really it's cool. It's such a cool game. I would like to play it more. Um, I want number one fifty three. We also don't own, and I like dismissed it out of hand immediately the I first time. It's real bad because it's so ugly and its theme is post apocalyptic, and I hate that. But the game is pretty fun, um, and I don't win at it, but it's still fun. And that's Wasteland Express Delivery Service. Uh, yeah, that's a super low. It was in my top one hundred before I took out the ones that we didn't own. I don't. Yeah, but I don't like it as much as you because... I've won this game twice, so I'm 2 and Okay, so my problem with this game is why it's not higher is because it, it has that mechanism where you are, like, racing to, like, meet these goals. Oh, yeah. It's, I, I don't mind that It's stuff, like yeah. a Stonemaier thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamie does that a lot in his games. Like, the first of 12 stars, and I'm like, that's stupid. I hate that. I Because I want to play the way that I want to play it and get my points, and then we'll see who's way. You can play the way, way. you want to play it, but you got to get the goals done. <laughs> I know, which is, it's dumb, because I want to do these other things. Because Okay, so you are in the post-apocalyptic wasteland, right? And you drive some kind of crazy A vehicle that yeah. you piece together, like Mad Max Mad style. Mad Max style, yeah. Um, 
And this is the best Mad Max theme game I think that's out there. I, I, that I well, that I've played. That I know so about. One. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, big praise. <laughs> um, yeah, but you've got this like vehicle, and you can like mod it up because you 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 have to like get through these radiation areas. You are gonna fight like these crazy raiders, which I really like to do. And all they are is a distraction. That's it. It is kind of a distraction. They're just that they, I'm. Literally, they just distract you. From but I just want to fight, okay? I just have some aggression <laughs> issues. In a post-apocalyptic wasteland, that's what I'm out to do. You got to steal your your gas back. You got to steal your gasoline back. Right. So um, you're moving like some basic resources around and fulfilling contracts too. And so that's what I like to do: is fulfill the contracts and then like beat up raiders along the way. But then there's like these other things, like you're trying to complete these computer chip things Art and artifacts. Want- Artifacts, well, they're, they're computer chips. Um, aww. Well, well Billy, been, what have you been doing? I that comment, Billy. Um, Smolder. The nice thing is that you don't really interact with each other. So it's not like go out and beat up other people. You're fighting against these raiders. Um, or and you could kind of send them towards other people. But again, they're doing the dirty work, not you. So it's not confrontational, um, but it's just really it, the the rolling outcomes to fight these raiders to get the stuff that you need to get a good price for it at these different towns to fill these contracts, trying to meet these goals. Um, it's really it's it's fun. So again, it's this low I think on my list because I don't like that you have to meet these goals first in order to win. I don't like that. I don't know if it's the rebel in me, like, don't tell me what to do. I'd like it if you didn't have those and you just, like, there was a, a round limit and then you complete these contracts and then we tally up our points. Yeah, if you got, like, if I completed this contract, it was worth 12 and this was worth 11 or whatever. Right. You could do that, but, I, yeah, I don't mind the race thing as much as you do, but, yeah, yeah you do hate that. So that's why I, I don't like it as well, but it's a really good game. Um, 153 Wasteland express delivery service this might be one of the most ameritrash games that i like there's dice rolling for combat resolution and everything in this yeah and this is in my top 100 so in your face and you got those little mini like trucks that you're moving around and you put the stuff in them minis and dice rolling resolution combat stuff man i don't even know who i am anymore anymore. um hi billy i'm so glad that you decided to come in i love to hear people honestly so this is the reason why I love like this community. When we sit and make the podcast, I'm like, I'm just basically sitting here having conversations with my husband about games, and I honestly don't think that anyone is out there listening. I I tell her, <laughs> at least like three people listen. <laughs> at, least, at least three people. I feel like there are only three people listening, and I I talk to them on a regular it's basis. It's a lot more than that, but it, that's yeah. That's so it. sometimes that's what it seems like. It's like, well, I we made this package to three people. Cool, and I'm like, you listen. You listen? It makes me feel great. Oh, jeez. What are you doing? We're just pretty okay. I can't keep right. this mic on. Keep your hands away from that. I, I can't help All right, myself. so this, this my next game, 153, is thematic with this time of year. And this time of year being Christmas. It's really high. <laughs> and, um... Mark? Thanks. Most of the time, yeah, I'm, I don't even listen that much, probably. Um, so my number 153 is Santa's Workshop. And this is a worker placement game about building toys. Your elves, a a team of elves. Mm -hmm. Each of the elves 
for each player is a different color. They all are shaped differently. Yeah. And cool. over the course of the game, you're going to be training these elves to be experts in different types of materials and all that kind of thing. And all you're trying to do is you're trying to go around, collect materials, plastic, wood, um, steel. I, I'm not sure of the materials. Different color cubes. Uh, and you're trying to <laughs> turn in these cubes to make toys for the kids to score points. Mm -hmm. uh, you may go visit the reindeer because, you know, you don't want to neglect the reindeer. And they're, feed them they're basically just going to give you bonuses and they're going to give you cookies, which are points. Um, you may have to get evaluated by Santa every few rounds to see how well you're doing because he wants to make sure he has enough toys for Christmas. And over mm -hmm. the course of this, I, I think it's a, there's a round limit, but over a certain yeah, point, um, whoever has the most points is the winner. It's a standard worker placement game with some cool little differences and a really awesome theme because there's not a lot of good Christmas theme games. Um, so if you're looking for it, it's usually pretty cheap. There is a new version that's either been released, getting released, but oh. we got the old and busted because that's what we roll. Um, it's it's really fun. There are some issues that might be a little long. There's some times where you can get bogged down and you can't do anything, but who cares? It's just fun. Um, so Minor 153, Santa's Workshop. Yeah, the theme is what's really fun because you also can get like these resources that aren't as good. You can make toys like out of like almost all plastic. You don't get as many points for it as if you use like wood and you paint it and all this stuff. Um, Jason always makes a bunch out of plastic. Because <laughs> I'm cheap. And he never wins. I never win. I'm terrible. I just use the plastic. I just feel like less than <laughs> you can learn. Go, you can go to a space and you can get like 42 plastic cubes. Or I can go over here and get three wooden cubes. And then real, make some really sherbety toys That's that nobody fine. wants. And I you have 42 cubes. <laughs> So you make five pieces of crap toys, and I make like three quality toys, and I win. Yeah, well, I have awesome plastic toys. I've made a whole lot of plastic toys that mm -hmm. are worth three of your wooden toys. Yeah. Uh, my 152, I believe is also Buffalo, and I believe it's also Phil Walker Harding. Eh, maybe not. What is it? Uh, I don't know about the definitely Phil Walker Buffalo. Harding. It's definitely Buffalo, yes. This game, we have played the crap out of this year. Um, you need to go get this game at Target to play with your family over the holidays. And that is the Golden Ticket game. Golden Ticket. This game is fantastic. Is so good. Um, if you're all nostalgic, if you, and this really corresponds to the Gene Wilder film, which was on TV just the other day. And is on TV often, actually, especially during this time of year, which I think is interesting. It's not really about Christmas. Uh, I don't know. I Means chocolate and candy. That's always Christmas, I guess. But it's fun. So in this, you play one of the kids that, and you move around this like three by three board. It's this like nine square grid, and you are trying to collect Wonka bars. And like the components are insane. You have tons of these Wonka bars. They're like plastic little chocolate bars. They're in these cardboard wrappings, and then you have these little foil um gold tickets and so you're just going around trying to make a grab and whatever you can playing cards which are also all these really iconic um wonka candies in order to get your bars and at the end everybody opens them up to see who has the golden ticket or the most golden tickets because like everybody yeah you're supposed to play with the number of players minus one but i don't like that there can only be one this is the get highlander rules but there's not only one though Charlie is the only one that gets the factory. Well, I, I don't share a win, okay? 
We aren't all winners. There's no participation trophies. There's one golden ticket, well, and I want to get it. Even when we play with all those golden tickets, sometimes only one person wins anyway. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Because uh, it is pure, just dumb luck if you happen to get a bar with a golden ticket in it. But the nostalgia and like the components, it's really great. It's super fun. It's I thought I saw it on sale for twenty bucks. This one's been twenty dollars. I don't know how because it has fantastic components too, the except for the coins. Ugh. Yeah, the coins are real sherbety for sure. Um, so I yeah, if you care about components, put in some good coins. Uh, but otherwise, like it's cheap. It's so great, um, and you can play it. Like it's so easy to teach to people. Honestly, like Tim ordered it on Black Friday. Yes, you're my aunt Sam. Love this game. Let me tell you, my aunt Sam's always like, guys, I don't want to play a game with a lot of rules. Is this hard? I'm like, no, this isn't hard. So golden ticket, it's so good. Get a target. You can play it with your family. I have a testimonial in the comments. And Tim, you have to let me know what you think about it after you play it. Or if you haven't played it before, it's so great. Yes, it is. It's a super good game, um, and you can get your family involved. You just have to explain, okay, you have to... You don't to, have to explain a lot. Yeah, but you have to say, you are taking this many actions. Oh, that's this true. This counts as an action. That's the only time you have to remind them. You just read the cards that you're playing, and you do what they say. And you get the Wonka bars, and you open the Wonka bars. It's fast, and yeah, it's just super fun. And like, yeah, the fact that it's fast, and like, you can live with it being complete luck. It's so, never longer than 30 minutes. Ever. Yeah. So like, wieners, like Dan, who like, I don't know, stuff that's all about luck who's dumb, um, they don't have to complain as much because it's really fast and then you can just like play it again if they want to wine some more and try it. Again. Yeah, even our friend that poo-poo's on everything, our version of Dan, <laughs> um, he liked it and I think he might have actually bought it. Oh. He's into games now according to what Brandon said. <laughs> so our poo-poo friend, who we, we will lovingly it. call Nate. <laughs> <laughs> that may or may not be his actual name. Names are changed to protect the innocent. But he's not innocent. He's guilty. He's totally guilty. Uh, he's, he's totally buying a ton of games now. Yeah. And every time we bring games to our church camp, that's where we hang out with him mostly. Uh, he's like, I don't want to play this game. This isn't cards. Blah, 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 blah. And then he goes and he buys Jaws, the cooperative game you can get at Target. Okay, sure, my games are hard, but you're going to go get Jaws? <laughs> Calm down. <sighs> we'll deal with it. Anyway, yeah, so my 152 back on track is Golden Ticket. I like Nate. It's just, don't poop on my games. He doesn't know any better. He's learning. He's been a slow recruit. I mean, it may or may not be his name. <laughs> Nate may or may not be his name. You probably figured it that it is. So my, <laughs> he doesn't watch this. My number 152 is, I think, Michael Kiesling is the designer, if I'm right. Someone will correct me. It's, it's over there. Oh, you moved it? It's been over there. And it is called Heaven and Ale. And this is a game, I think you talked about it already, maybe. It's about monks who are making and brewing beer, growing barley and hops and all that stuff, and mm -hmm. brewing beer. The tricky thing is, on your player board, there's mm -hmm. a light side and a dark side. Each of those things are going to produce goods differently when you play tiles. The light side, I think, gives you coins. Or the dark side gives you coins and the other one gives you the resources that it actually generates. Mm -hmm. The tricky thing here is you're trying to move these cubes along these tracks, but you have this brewmeister that unless it gets to a certain point, you can't even score positive mm -hmm. points. 
So you're trying to move all these things on the track as far as you can, but you're also not neglecting your Brewmeister because you will get no points. And it's got that uh, Kaido thing where you can move as far as you want around the track to collect stuff, but you can never go backwards. Whoever's in the bag gets to keep going. Uh, I think, I don't know, we haven't played it for a while, but it's a good game. It's really hard. I'm terrible at it. I'll probably always be terrible at it, but it's fun. So that's all that matters. So my number 152, Heaven and Nails. I don't think it's on my, I think it's outside of my 200 because it's so hard and it makes me feel like an idiot. Yeah, and while it makes I, everybody feel like an idiot. Yeah, I know I acknowledge <laughs> that that happens. I don't like it. But I want to be better. I think Scott maybe was playing it. Someone was playing oh, it. Oh, yeah, we, we, count, we, we were talking on the, the Discord, chat. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the Discord That's chat. And I'm like, I could play this like every day for a month and then maybe finally figure out how to get more than 10 points. If I played it all the time or like solo, I would figure it out. But I don't really want to break and figure out games. I just want to play them and have fun. So that's where we where I sit. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I, I know it's g good. I just really need to play it more to get myself into liking it. Um, my 151 is another uh, game that you can get at Target. And it's a cooperative game. But I really like it. And my Aunt Sam likes it. And that is The Crew. Uh, Quests for Planet Nine, which is... Oh, I didn't realize she played this. Guess I didn't remember that. I think we played the crew with her. Maybe not. I know we played it with Amber and Jeremy. Maybe I was thinking Shipwreck Arcana instead. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we, she... Either way, we have played it with... Family. Sam adjacent. <laughs> her daughter. <laughs> I, I feel like maybe she's playing it. So, the crew is a trick-taking game. But each time you play it, you kind of choose... You can choose what your rules are for that particular game. You could play it. They say it's like campaign-ish. Oh, dude, that's dumb. Just find something that looks fun and play it. I, I don't... I guess you could. I don't see why it matters. The, the first missions are terrible and boring. Yeah, and the theme is really pasted on Yeah. for that. But, uh, so you're trick-taking, and you go and you choose, like, your mission. So maybe it's um, each person needs to take a trick with um, a one, which is the low card in the in each suit. And that one's really hard. That one's <laughs> really, yeah, that's a really hard one. So, but you can't communicate and say, oh, I have one green. You just have like this chip and you can lay down a card and you can put it on there to somehow indicate if you're highest of a certain color, you're lowest, if it's the only, um, you're not supposed to say anything. Now you can ruin it and table talk. It's still hard, it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm not saying, like, it's hard and fast. It's played in silence like we're monks who've taken mm, a vow. But still, like, you really aren't supposed to give away a ton of information. It's still not quiet by any means. It, but there's that cool tension with are we going to make it? And, again, we play, we're from the Midwest in Ohio. Everybody plays. We I, I grew up playing Euchre, Spades, Hearts. Tricky thinking games are in our blood. So introducing this game to other people, again, someone who might be named Nate really <laughs> likes this game. May or may not be Nate, yeah. Um, because, again, he plays a lot of Euchre, plays a lot of card games. So it's very easy to teach, and you're just saying, hey, we're just changing the rules on how Trump works, on how tricks are taken, and, like, I, he played it for, like... Yeah, I, I taught him how to play it, and he played it with another group of people. The may or may not be Nate played it with uh, some other people for like hours. Yeah, hours. Uh, it's because I mean, yeah, we play. A, I don't know how where everybody else is from and where you, 
like what kind of games you play. But in Ohio specifically, we played euchre. I've been playing euchre since I was like 12 years old. Mm-hmm. In high school, in junior we high, clubs, high school, we, like we would mean, play it during class, like after class, at lunchtime. Yeah. It's just something that we've always played. So when you get games that are like that, it's like, hey, it's euchre. Now, here's some new rules that we're going to learn. It, it makes teaching those games super easy. But if you haven't played euchre it's, or hearts or something, it gets a little trickier. Yes, that would be trickier. But it's, like, it's euchre, but rocket ships are always trump. Oh, okay. And so now everybody needs to take one with a nine or something. Uh, so... I I think it's really fun because it's super accessible for us to get to the table, to get other people into it. Um, I bought this as gifts before because even if we're not there to teach it, if I explain to you when I give you the gift that it's like Euchre and you just look for the different rules for each round, people seem to get that. Um, I, yeah, it's just, it's really good. I haven't played, we haven't played the second one. Um, I just yeah. think it's just different. Mark was just saying it's like a 1.5. They just changed the way that you get goals. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, that's what he just commented that earlier. So I, I, I think either oh, yeah. one is fine. I don't know if we necessarily have to take, we need both. Yeah, I'm, as much as we play it, one's probably fine. But it is such a good game to pack up and take and teach new people and non-gamers. Absolutely, it's great. So that's my 151, The Crew. My number 151 is actually a game designed by a friend of the show. And I do say that. Because I feel like he is a friend of our show. We've interviewed him. He wished us a congrats when we reached 100 likes way back in the day. And he lives close to us, like an hour away. Uh, and it's a game called Revolution. And it's designed by Philip DeBerry. PDB. PDB. You hear us talk about him a lot. He has a lot of games that we like. A lot of mm-hmm. Christian-themed games as well. Um, but Revolution is a bidding game. A blind bidding game. Where you're trying to... Really? It's like programming. Well, you have a too. board. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's like a program. It's blind bidding, I think. Okay. There's like 12 or 14 different characters that you're trying to influence. And each of them can only be influenced with certain types of things. There's uh, force, blackmail, and coins and money. Some people can only be blackmailed. Some people can only be have force used against them. Some people can have everything. Force is the highest, then blackmail, then coins. So coins is the piddliest, but you can still win. So everybody's going to program their bids or blind bid, whatever. You're going to move your screen, and then uh, you're going to start at the top of the characters and go down. If you if you win the bid, you activate the character, and you're going to be able to put cubes out on the board. So it's a blind bidding t- like area control, control game. Mm-hmm. It, this game is crazy mean. Um, just be prepared if you play this game. You're going to get mad. I still have grudges. I mean, that shouldn't surprise you. <laughs> and it's not even like you're doing it on purpose all the time. You can a little bit, like sometimes, but sometimes like, I really need to go there. And then I only have coins or I only have force. Yeah. I know you only have coins, so I have to use my force here and you only use your coins. The hard thing is, if even if you lose your bid, you lose your stuff. Yeah. That's where it becomes brutal. a little bit brutal. So you can spend all this stuff and not win anything. And then you get like set six coins or something for the new round, and you're at a disadvantage. You're going to win something eventually, but getting <laughs> to that point feels very unsatisfying sometimes. But it's a fantastic game. We have one of the expansions, which makes it a little cooler. It gives you another place in the center mm-hmm. of the board to yeah. fight over. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun. Just be prepared. It is mean. It's out of print right now, but they are reprinting it with a... Um, what is that Pathfinder theme mm-hmm. Steve Jackson this is a Steve Jackson game theme doesn't matter it can be anything 
the gameplay yeah. is going to be the same. It'll just be like orcs and all that kind of stuff now. Um, Which has, I'm cool with. Yeah. So if you want it, wait for that. It's great. So fun. So mean. You'll probably lose some friends after playing it, but it's worth it. One fifty one revolution. Yeah, this has really fallen for me because I can't. I have like no fighting chance because area control. I just can't do it. I well, never well, it, win an area. It's not even just that. It's the also blind bidding part that you have no idea what people are doing. You can kind of see on the board what they're going for, but I can't stop you. I have coins. You just want to get a whole bunch of force and blackmail. I just keep getting coins yeah. over and over again, and I'm like, Ugh. I mostly have coins in this game. So then I'm like, I'll just play spoiler. Somebody kept going to the same place. I'm like, that's it. Legit. You kept going. You kept going to the printer because you get like ten coins and put a cube wherever you want or something. It's like the great space. Everybody's fighting over it, but you know everybody's gonna fight over it. So yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it was Jed. Uh, my one fifty is a game that I don't really hear anybody talk about. Well, it's over three days old, so yeah, makes sense. Besides that, like, even people that we know that talk about older games, and this game has some really cool mechanics, and that's Eco's First Continent. This is John D. Clare, too, I think. Let's look it up. I have no idea, obviously. Uh, but this game is really cool, so you are, like, it's engine building, really. Um, through placing, well, not yeah, really. John D. Clare. It's like you're placing animals, but that's not really the. It's so hard to explain. Like, what's a good way to explain this? Like, you're you're placing. You, you have cards. You have cards, and someone's going to draw a tile out of a bag. Oh, it's you always cut. It's, it's like, like a bingo, bingo thing because everybody's doing the same thing with that tile. You're marking stuff on these marking cards. Marking stuff on these cards, yeah. and once a card is filled, then you can take the action on it. And some cards are just like one time. Other cards you can like rotate them all the way around to get different things, and it includes like <clears throat> putting out landscape tiles putting out animals on landscape tiles, and those are all of these different... Hey, the Board Game Man. I like the Board Game Man's channel. Hey, Jamie, how's it going? Hi, Board Game Man. I'm not going to lie and say that I watch... He does a lot of, like, vintage there. games Oh. that I watch. Okay, wait. He lives in Tennessee. I feel like I remember we've discussed this. Yeah. I've heard your voice via Jason's phone. This yeah. is not a vintage game. <laughs> no, a, no I, watch, I watch all of his videos. I, I enjoy That's true, you do. Our vintage games are over here where you can't see. Um, this one, though, because you can get, like, really cool engines where you can complete a card and allows you to place, like, a cube, a resource type, on another card. And that can fulfill that card. And that allows you to do these other things. It allows you to fill these other cards. You can get this crazy engine going. You're just, like, turning cards everywhere, putting stuff out. And it's all, like, accumulating these points. And it looks cool, like the idea of like building this different terrain and trying to maximize the points on it. It's like um, what Cascadia wants to be when it grows up. Yeah, this is a way better version of that. Did I say that out loud? It's fine. We can say whatever we want. We ain't on nobody's payroll. That's true. It's better. It's like, yes, it's what Cascadia and some of those games want to be, but aren't there yet because I think it, it also has smoother scoring than those games but you are doing kind of the same things in the way you're placing and kind of scoring based on where things are and these combos like I just I really like it it can get it can take a long time though with all those combos your turn can go on for a minute 
Yes. <laughs> so it feels then it feels like you have like thirteen cards in front of you. You're like, okay, so this goes here. This fires, fires this. This turns this and fires this. I put an animal on here. Like it gets crazy. Yes, and that's what it feels like when you play a deck builder the right way. So that <laughs> it like fuels that to me. No, I've, I've never felt that feeling on a deck builder. It's like it's like. <laughs> When you're like in the hospital and you have like the painkiller button, like that's what it feels like when all those things are firing. You're like, yeah. It's here's, like that here's me playing a deck builder. One, two, three, four, five. Done. One, two, three, four, five. Done. Drawing five cards, playing five cards. Here's Katie. Five. Draw three. Play these down. Draw two. Shuffle my deck. Draw six. Uh, play these down. Draw some new ones. 42 minutes later. Five, oh, 15 cards. <laughs> oh, my turn again. Play five cards. Draw five cards. <laughs> How you're supposed to play deck builder, I understand. Man. I'm just terrible. And a ninja builder. So it's so great. Um, I really like it. I'd like to get this back out to the table more. Is there an expansion? We have the expansion. That's what I thought. Yeah, they sent them. Uh, AEG sent them to us. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this game, and I would like to play it more and introduce it to some more people. So, Eco's First Continent. The expansion has like a pride rock. It looks like a pride rock thing. Oh, I don't know what it does. So, yeah. but. That's what I do the whole time. Have it better. We don't play with it. I get distracted by putting lions on top of it. All right. So my number one hundred and fifty <laughs> is a game that used to be higher, and I don't know, just other games I like more than. Oh, this. new hotness has pushed this down. Not even new hotness, just other games. Just messing with. And you. this isn't even a new hotness thing. No, it's uh, not. Century Spice Road is my one hundred and fifty. This is a card game where you're trying to. It's basically a, a hand management engine builder kind of game where you're using these cards in your hand to get different cubes that are representing like spices. There's what, four different kinds of spices. And you're using these cards to get spices and then take these spices and convert them into better spices or different colored spices or deconvert down from a better to a, a lesser spice to try to complete these contracts. I don't know. It's still, I don't know. Up conversion, down conversion. And you're trying to get certain combinations of spices to fulfill contracts, to score points. If you can fulfill certain contracts, you get some extra little metal coins that are worth a couple extra points. Mm -hmm. And the first player to get like five or a certain number of contracts in a certain yeah. player game ends the game. Everybody gets the same amount of turns, so then whoever has the most points is the winner. It has a cool mechanism where you can, when you want to take a card from the center of the table, and let, if you take the first one, it's free. Everything after that, you got to put a spice on it to get to it. You got to be able to reach it with spices. So you're giving up spices sometimes to get a really good card for your hand to make your hand a little bit better. It's fantastic. It's great. I've played this one and Gollum. Same game. People think Gollum looks better. I think they look the same. Um, but yeah. So 150 Century Spice Road. Jason is really good at this game. I can't win this game for the life of me because I don't get my conversion engine going. Um, but Jason is really good. He can like run it with just maybe like one extra card. Like it's ridiculous. Um, oh, I don't like buying cards. I refuse. I'll play. My, I'll play. I'll get a couple and then I'll just play my hand out until I figure. I'm it out. like, I can't get any spices. I have to get another card. This is dumb. It's terrible. I cannot do it. I just think I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not tactical enough in that or something. I don't know. It just is not working out for me. But the nice thing about this game, I think. And why I think it's such a staple and it should be, especially if you're like building um, a game collection, I would definitely recommend this first because it is such quality components at the base. It has little bowls in it and everything. And then I spent all coins like, and the cards are pretty, it's just nice. It's just well done. Absolutely. It's good. 
Uh, my number 149, speaking of deck builders, is a deck builder, but I don't, you don't play like 1500 cards in this one. You can. Uh, no. Well, no, because you got to save some from your hand to like yeah, do the, the it's fighting not, thing. It's not. Yeah. Uh, so the game is Arctic Scavengers, and this is a really interesting kind of deck builder. I don't like this, like, I think it's like post-apocalyptic winter theme. Which like I think nuclear is winter. Stupid. Kind of. It's yeah. dumb. Um, but the cool thing is, like, you are growing, like, your tribe of survivors, basically. Um, and you, as you're buying cards, there are different types of people are going to add to, um, like, what you can do. If you, uh, you need certain people that are able to help you buy new cards. You've got people are going to help you, like, dig through, like, these other pile of cards. You also, my favorite part, is you're going to, like, bet some cards. Like, you're going to, like, duke it out to see the secret card that you could get, like, at the end of the round. Yeah, and the first player gets to see that card ahead of time, which is cool. I love that. I just want to know. Yeah, so maybe they can bluff and fight for it when it's really not that Yeah, good. it's just so exciting to yeah. me to have that hidden information for, like, no absolute reason at all. I do not do well at this game, I don't think. Um, but then you're going to fight for it at the end with... So you're choosing, like, what, what I'm going to play out of my hand and what I need to keep in reserve, which some other games kind of do that as well. Um, the new one that we just played with the Woolly Mammoths. Oh, yeah, uh, Paleo Arc, uh, Endless Winter. Endless Winter. Yeah. I was like, it's also winter, um, but real, it's a really a winter game, not just because there's a picture of snow on the cover. Actual winter there, because, um, like, Ice Age. They do that in there as well, I think, in a way that I kind of like better. Um, the game really has grown on me. But Arctic Scavengers, there's also, like, the scrap pile that you can go through and get, like, medicine and other good stuff that are good cards for you but then you're also trading out some of these other things that you might want to do like that balance i think is really cool um there's also just junk in there too because it's kind of the junk pile but you might find something great so uh it's just like a different kind of deck builder and despite the theme i i really enjoy it so that's my 149 arctic scavengers i butcher that description completely deck builder with winter there you go done uh, my number 149 is an Uve game, and it is called La Havre. This used to be higher. This has fallen for me. Yeah, we haven't played it a lot, and after playing Agricola not that long ago, man, Agricola is so much better than this. But La Havre, the problem with a lot of Uve games and the good ones, the setup is... That's true. Agricola is a pain in the butt to set up. So La Havre, if you haven't played it or you don't know anything about it, it is a game where you are... Building buildings, kind of. You're you, you're you're acquiring these cards, which are effectively like some kind of industry or a processing of an industry or an mm. animal or something. And you're acquiring these goods tokens. There's going to be a raw material side. And there's going to be a processed goods side. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to get these tokens and get them on your ships because you're going to have to be buying ships eventually as well to sell them to the foreign market or wherever they sell them. I don't know. No, it doesn't matter. A market. A market to get points. And the raw goods are going to sell, but they're going to sell for less. Processed goods sell for a lot more, but they're also mm -hmm. harder to get because you have to build buildings and do all that, that kind of thing them. to get that stuff. Yes. But the wrinkle here is you also have to feed your people. 
Oh, no. And there's a couple ways you can feed your people. You can use fish, or you can use smoked fish, because that's the process of a fish, is a smoked fish. Or you can use bread, which is a wheat processed, or you can use cows. But cows can also be processed into hide, I think. You, if you process a cow, you get hide and steak. Hide and steak, that's true, yeah. So um, you're trying to figure out, you know, do I need, and each of them are going to feed different amounts, like a fish is the least, I think the cow is the biggest one that's going to feed. So as your boat gets bigger, you're going to have more of a crew that you got to feed, but you're also going to be able to sell more things. So it's this like push and pull of, you know, when am I going to sell these things, when am I going to use that for food? Also cool is you can use other people's buildings. Uh, you can use any building that's been built, but if you use someone else's building, you got to pay them like a rent or a fee or something. Mm -hmm. Um, so every building can be built as long as there's not a, or every building can be used as long as there's not already a token on it. And it's just this huge, like feels like a Agricola, this huge work replacement mm -hmm. thing where you can go do whatever you want to do on your turn, whenever you want to do it, basically. Um, but yeah, it's good. It's just, I like the other ones better. So my number 149, Lahav. I, I like it, but it's, it's kind of long. It's super long. Even the short game is super long. And the setup is a pain. So I'd rather play like Harbor. Which I think is like tiny epic agricola or tiny epic house essentially. Yeah, it, it gives you the same feel. It's cuter. Yeah. Lahav is ugly. It's like a sci-fi or a fantasy version, I guess. Yeah. Fantasy version. Um. So that's it. Do you want to keep going? I have one more. I, I highlighted up to one forty-eight. Oh, okay. So my one forty-eight is a card game with beautiful art, and that is Dark Tales. So Dark Tales, and there's several expansions for it um dark of which we have all of them of which we have all of them um i was trying to think of dark doesn't have a specific fairy tale within it um i don't think the base game has like think. dragons just yeah just, yeah, just, just, just generic fairy tale like yes so they're all fairy tale themed there's a cinderella um there's a lord riding hood there's a little mermaid and Snow White. And Snow White. Those are the four expansions. Um, in some ways, it's like a. It's like if it's like Flux. If Flux didn't Flux. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, you're playing cards, and it, it showers points down on you too. Everything gives you points. Yes, so it's really satisfying and it's really pretty to look at. So you're trying to play cards to get like a tableau in front of you that are going to gain you these points all the time. Um, trying to get take away cards from your opponent that are giving them points. Trying to like work with the cards that are out in like the main um, playing area as well to work with them. Because you can play a card that says, oh, for every um, prince that's out there, get two points, okay? You also have day and night happening. So, oh, if you play a card, if it's day, get a point. And then like at every turn that it's day, you're getting that point. Um, the expansions have like these set collection pieces or when you put to, when you have certain cards that come together you're going to like trigger other things the wolf can eat little riding hood which is point like yeah the evil um i forget snow white the wicked queen the wicked queen can give her poison apples and like make you discard her and stuff so it's pretty thematic with the the Fairy tale. Yeah, so it's like thematic, it's really pretty. Um, again, like I think one that would be easy to teach to people and it's very, very satisfying because you're like, I'm always getting points and that feels good when you always get points in your turn and sometimes other people's turns. The point tokens suck, but... <laughs> yes, I, I they're know. like these little yeah. tiny like gem <laughs> looking things with yeah. numbers on them. Terrible. 
But the gameplay is really fun, and you're, like, really trying to, like... I like games where you're, like, trying to get the cards to do the best thing for you. Like, when is the best time to play this card so I can get the most out of it? If it's a one-time thing or it's going to be, like, some kind of longevity. Like, how do I leverage this um, based on what's been played out there, what my opponents have played, and what I've played? Like, it's really good. I, and I, like, I like the theme a lot. All the themes. So that is my 148 Dark Tales. I like it a little bit better than you. Really? Yeah, this and the basis of this game is draw a card, play a card. So yes, everybody's played games like that, Rummy, all those types of things. Yeah. Uh, it's super easy to teach. It has a ton of iconography, which can get a little bit bogged down. But once you learn it, it's super fun. Yeah. And it's, the art is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little risque in some parts, but it's it's really good, like gothic-looking art. It's less risque than, like, Tonto Quarry. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Hands down. Uh, my number 148 is actually a Cthulhu version of a game that we also have. I think you talked about it before. The other one. Mm. And this is Kingsport Festival, which is the Cthulhu version of Kingsport. Um, Kingsburg. Oh, yeah. Kingsburg, yes. So this is the Cthulhu version of Kingsburg. And it's effectively the same game. But this one adds a few different mechanisms. So uh, in Kingsburg, you're just putting dice on these people and you're activating their ability to collect things, let you build buildings on your own player board and all that kind of thing. In Kingsport, you're also getting different types of cards. There's three different kinds of cards that are like magic items that you can use on your turn as well. And um, you're trying to, they're going to help you based on some buildings that you have, maybe different types of cubes that you have in front of you to help you defend off the investigators because the investigators were cultists, the investigators are trying to shut us down. And you're gonna play over like 12, 13 rounds, something like that, and whoever has the most points after all that is the winner. It's just a simple dice placing game, but it has a huge table presence because it has these huge god, elder god cards that are like this big that go around the outside of the board, so it's not as table friendly as Kingsburg, but I think it's a better game than Kingsburg. But all that being said, we don't play it a lot because it can't fit on the table. Um, so, <laughs> That's not the only reason we don't play it a lot. Yeah, it is good. It's enjoyable. I like it. Um, it's pretty dark, like, graphic design-wise. It's a lot of black and a dark, weird theme, but um, it's fun. I but, like the design on it, though. I think, like, the colors pop out on the black. Yeah, like the black, because the, the cubes, I think, are black, red, and purple, which are cool colors mm -hmm. that kind of go together. But, yeah, it, it's a good game. If you... And I think I got like five bucks, which makes it even better. <laughs> so, right. my 148 Kingsport Festival. So, are we, we going to wrap up or do you want to? Uh, let's do one, uh, two more. Okay, my 147 is also a dark. I think there's Cthulhu in it at some point. We just never gotten that far. Because yeah, we only play the first one over and over. And over. We, yeah, we keep playing the first one over and over again. And I keep saying, we've got to go back and try it again because Jason, like, for some reason, loses his mind every time we play this and can't figure it out. And that's London Dread. So London Dread, cooperative. Again, I guess um, my next one also is cooperative. Uh, cooperative game programming where you have, and, and real time. It's a, real, some of it. Yeah, you don't have to play real time, but it is supposed to be real time. But not all of it. The programming piece. Yeah, just the programming It piece. is real time. So you have these cards that are laid out, and you're looking for... Um, these different like key parts in the story across London. 
and there's different sectors. So you're flipping over cards, but if you flip over two, every card you flip over, you have to resolve in during the actual gameplay. So you have to kind of be careful, like, well, I have to find these things, but I also don't want to flip over a ton of cards because how are we going to resolve those? Um, and so once you've done that, then you're going to program, okay, where are we going to go at different times? Because you've got this little uh, clock, I'm like, what is it? Clock with different spots for hours. And there you put arrows in to say which section of London you're going to go to. So you can go and deal with these different places and advance the story. And it's all based on where you were. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky. And so when you go to these places, you have to resolve, which you need different icons, which you your character has some based on like their crazy backstory. And they are crazy backstories, let me tell you. It's all very Elder Gods-esque dark rituals, necro, whatever that, um, kind of crime. Necronomicon. I don't know. I don't, I don't play those games. I don't know. It's, it, again, we've only played the first one. Like three times. Like three times because Jason's like, I don't understand this. I don't understand this. And I'm like, I still don't understand it. I would like to move on. Um, we actually played it once with other people and I felt like that went well. They went. I thought it was good. But again, you're trying to keep from being insane and then also resolve these things when you resolve them and it works in your favor. You're like building up so you have like this final kind of confrontation um, and you bring with you everything you've acquired and you try to like resolve this final action. This is pretty Ameritrash too because it's all based on dice rolls. Yes. Yeah. It is. Um... And I think it has like a cool story. Is there? I think there's an app. There's also. an app that like keeps time and, and reads the story to you. And it is it's creepy. Like I think this is a really cool like Halloween time game. Um, we just need to play it some more. I don't hate it. I just feel like it's one. It's like the only game that every time I bust it out, I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. I've read the rule book. I've watched videos. Katie's told me what to do. <laughs> I have no idea what to do. The last it, it feels like I stare at them like. The last time we play, I'm like, you go here. Then you go here. Like, just, just play my character for me. I, it, it, I would be as effective. Just let my, my youngest daughter go up in there and put some arrows down. It would be basically the same thing. I think Roy would actually do better in this game. <laughs> I, I like the game. I'm just, I don't understand. I can't figure it out. I don't know why I can't figure it out. Maybe because my brain just doesn't, Ameritrash is so far out of my like brain matter. That it's like, I don't know, you don't know what you know. But I feel like the programming piece of it is a lot like Mask of the Red Death. I guess. But I think this, you let the story like overwhelm I you guess, or something. Yeah, I, I get overwhelmed and I get crushed by the The, the thematic story. of yeah. it. He goes insane. It's just, I really like it and I want to play it more. Um, I think it's better at more than two because it is hard to resolve all this stuff. Because I don't think it scales. Yeah, but you don't. Re you don't also don't flip as much cards that give you insanity either. That's true. The skull cards. Yeah. Okay, but it's good. That's my one forty-seven London dread. I looked at it on my list, and because I can never figure it out, it's three fifty-seven. Whoa! Just because I was thinking, I was like, I just don't even know how to play this, so I just kept skipping over it. Uh, so my next game, one forty-seven, <laughs> is another game from Buffalo. This will be the third one that we've talked about this this episode, I think. And this is yeah. Summer Camp. This one is Phil Walker Harding. Yeah, this one wasn't. I mean, and yeah. Summer Camp is a deck building game that also has a little board that you're moving mm -hmm. on. And effectively, the theme is you're at a summer camp. 
and you're taking uh, play, you're uh, participating in like three different activities. Uh, could be cooking, could be water sports, could be crafts, and crafts. whatever. You pick three of I think six different ones that are out there, and they're each mm -hmm. going to represent one of the tracks. And each of the, the decks are going to have similar cards, but they're going to be specific to that track. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to get these cards. Some of them are worth points, but you're trying to get your character all the way to the end of the track, getting participation badges, getting the main badge at the end of the track. Once somebody gets all three of their people to the end of the track, that's the end of the game. And then whoever has the most points is the winner. It's a good game to teach deck building. We're actually using this, we actually played a game with our youngest to teach her deck building. Because we had the My Little Pony deck builder and it's a little too much. Because she didn't understand deck building yet. Once you understand deck building, it'll be fine. So it's great for a family, great for not super small kids, but you know, like eight, nine, ten years old. And accessible theme, everybody's been to a summer camp or knows what a summer camp is. And it's just a good time. Not the deepest game in the world, but it's fun. And it's real fast too, 30, 45 minutes. Buffalo nails the the super like short games, but packs a bunch of fun in there. So mine were 147, summer camp. Yeah, it is available at Target. It's really recently priced. It's really cute. Um, again, it is super light, but like I spent a lot of time. I was I went to summer camp growing up, church camp, and then I was a counselor for probably 10 years for teenagers because I had a death wish or something. Um, and this evokes all those cool summer camp things. The cards are really fun, like thematic wise, like there's a secret admirer card and like you play it and then you like put it in someone else's discard pile so they get to play it. Um, like it just has those fun things and it is really like great to teach people. It's uh, yes, kids, like it was great with our daughter and I think she'd love to play it again. Um, but it's also great for people that don't play games like this very often and you're like hey it's cards but we're going to use the cards and like keep coming back to them so it's a great way to teach that mechanic like how to use deck building and then you can move on to something that maybe is a little bit deeper like my number 146 which is marvel legendary oh see what i did there nice it just happened it just flowed out of me uh, so knowing the basic deck building, then you can come to something like Legendary, with which a lot of people really love um, the Marvel theme, but may not be quite ready to dive into it. Um, because this is kind of another level. And at first, some of it, the hard part, I think why we don't play it as much and why it's not as high on my list, is the setup is a lot. Because there's so many choices. You choose a villain, that villain's got like their little henchmen, and, and they have their own like evil nefarious plot, and you know, they may want to be like kidnapping bystanders, and then you pick all your heroes, which is really fun. There's an app you can use too. I thought they got rid of it. I didn't think we could use it anymore. I, I, it's still on my phone. Mm -hmm. I. I I run through the apps occasionally to make sure they still work. Okay. So I, I think it's still on there. So that is really helpful. But there are lots of choices, which the cool thing is, like, you can get the ones that you like. Like, for me, I love X-Men. Like, we always play with the same characters pretty much all the time when Katie's playing. Because I like those people. I don't care about some of the other ones. We fight Loki because Katie loves Loki. Or Magneto. Yeah. <laughs> As as someone who a majority of my youth was in the 90s um, and like 80s, 
that X-Men animated series, like, was so formulative for me. So I just really love X-Men. So, yeah, I always want to play with Rogue. I always want to play with Gambit. Um, I like um, Nightcrawler. Like, Nightcrawler's cool. He is cool. Thank you. So you get to use this. So you're, like, drafting these great heroes that you love. You know, Trisha Deckbuilder, you're fighting. Um, these The henchmen that are coming out, you're then eventually trying to fight, like, the big bad. Um, and then it's semi-cooperative. So, well, everyone's like, oh, we just, we'll just play it like regular, like cooperative. And so if we beat the bad guy, everybody wins. And I'm like, yeah, but there are points. We always play with the points. And some people are like, well, it doesn't really matter. But I still count my points. But if we don't all win, if we don't all beat the bad guys, then nobody wins. <laughs> That's true. But I do like to count yeah. points at the end. So you are really trying to do your best and save people and, like, take down. Because when you take down, like, the big bads, there are several cards. Those are worth a lot of points as well. Um, I, re I really like it. It's, it's good. Um, the only thing that would make it better if it was straight up totally competitive, which is why ICP, ICP deck builder is higher for me. Because it does a lot of the same things. I'll be with a dumb theme um, in a competitive way. Don't don't you. even start with me. Take your fago and be quiet. Okay, so that's my 146 legendary. Katie's making me want to run with a meat cleaver. Oh my gosh, stop. Don't even get your hatchet in <laughs> My number 146 is a game. Is it behind you? Yeah. It's right there. From J. Alex Kevin and yes. Renegade. Yay, how about that? Yeah. And like. this is a game called Sentient. And this is, it has a theme, but it's ultimately an abstract game. I think where so you're trying to, you have this board in front of you that has one, two, three, four, I think like five dice on it, four or five dice on it. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to draft these cards by doing this little area control bidding thing that's weird. <laughs> And you're taking these cards down and putting it on your board. And each of these cards is going to go next to two dice. And up in the corner of these cards is going to be a dice manipulator. It could be an equal sign, which means the die value doesn't change. It could be a plus. It could be a minus, which means the die value that's above that would go up or down based on the, the icon. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to meet these different scoring methods on these cards. So say I put a card on my board. And it says this die and this die equals six, the total. So I want to make sure whatever I do to manipulate these dice, it equals six, because I'm going to get more points for this card. You're going to score some usually, but you can get more if it actually adds up correctly. But then when you place another card down, it could manipulate that card that you have, that die that you have set up. So you have these little gear things that you can put on to negate some of those, like, Dice manipulators. Yeah. So you're using, but these those things can also be used to make your area control more powerful. So you're trying to figure out: Do I want to use it up here? Do I want to use it down here to keep my engine going? And you're going to do all that over four rounds to try to try to score points. There's a it that was it's a terrible explanation. Fast. It's real fast, but it's just bidding, awarding some bonus tiles to score some points because you're getting like some set collection bonuses and cards. That's it. Uh, it's super fast. It's really fun, and it has no theme. But minor one forty six is sentient. It has like a futuristic sci fi theme or something. Yeah, which I don't like as a theme, but it's so pasted on the art. I don't know. The box is cool though. The colors that they use in it, I really like actually. 
Um, and the thing I like about this game is it's like it's like solving a puzzle. Like it has almost a Sudoku feel to it in some ways with these dice, and you're trying to like I just I really like that puzzle aspect. I feel like I don't know if I talked about this already, but who knows where it is in my list? I don't know. Okay. That's it. All right, so let's recap for those of you that joined late. Um, I'll start. We start at one fifty-seven and we ended at one forty-six. So my 157 was Shelfie Stacker, my 156 was The Spill, 155 Furnace, 154 Atlantis Rising, 153 Wasteland Express Delivery Service, 152 Golden Ticket, 151 The Crew, 150 Eco's First Continent, 149 Arctic Scavengers, 148 Dark Tales, 147 London Dread, and 146 Legendary. We had no crossover on any of this, which is cool. I know, that's interesting. Uh, my number 157 is Planted, some subtitle. 156 is Dice Town, 155 is Via Nebula, 154 Clinic, Deluxe Edition, 153 Santa's Workshop, 152 Heaven and Ale, 151 Revolution. 150 Century Spice Road, 149 La Havre, 148 Kingsport Festival, 147 Summer Camp, and 146 Sentient. Okay. We're getting close to matching up where we started on the podcast regular. This week we will have a podcast no matter what. <laughs> no matter how many papers I have to grade, it's happening. Um, and we're talking about our 40s this week, right? Uh, yes. 50 through 41, yep. Yeah, so it's getting, like, it's getting good. I mean, all these games are good. And thank you all that joined us. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad that you guys got to, that you came. I love to talk to you guys. I love to know that there are actually people out there. I'm not just talking into a random microphone or a phone and to my husband. Not that I don't love talking to my husband. You don't. <laughs> I do it a lot. So, thank you guys so much. Um, keep gaming, everybody.